Hey everybody, welcome to the Cripes Cast, the only podcast served with a side of ranch. My guest today is Andrea Belkey, who you may know from her time on Survivor or as the host of People in 10 on People.com. She's got a recurring segment on Good Morning America and is also hosting Celebrity Homes Unlocked on the Design Network. Now, Andrea is originally from Random Lake, Wisconsin, and we had a very fun conversation. She's actually the first guest to come to our new podcast studio, which is basically uh, a room in my house where I, I stapled foam stuff to the walls. So bada bing, bada boom, podcast studio. And it, it sounds pretty good, if I do say so myself. Would it sound better in this interview if I remembered to turn the mic on? Oh, jeez, Louise, Charlie, no, you didn't. Yeah, I did. We were sitting there talking. For I think like 45 minutes or something, both holding microphones because long story short, the microphone arm thing, not quite installed yet, but I'll get there. Wouldn't have mattered anyway for sound quality because I never hit the record button on my little Zoom recorder here. So you live and you learn. But uh, <laughs> so we found that out, uh, like I said, about 45 minutes in. So this interview, though, it starts with good quality. This interview starts with good quality because we figured it out. And then we just kind of had a nice little banter about it, which was exciting. And uh, there was no frustration uh, that could be detected in either of our voices. So anyway, we've been doing this podcast for over a year now. And yet I still forget to turn the microphones on sometimes. Let that be a lesson to all of you. I don't know what the lesson is. Uh, I think the lesson is just don't let me be in charge of turning microphones on. Big thanks to the producers that work with me because holy smokes, I am nothing without them except a fellow who talks and doesn't record it. So anyway, my interview with Andrea is coming up soon. Also, I want to thank all of you who have rated the podcast and left a comment. Those comments are just invaluable. They're, they're full of great information. I love hearing your feedback. And sometimes you give suggestions for who to bring on the show. In fact, today's guest, Andrea, one of the reasons we had her on was back in April. Cassie Muhammad said, hi, Charlie. Could you please have Andrea Belke on the show? She's a Wisconsin native from home of the jolly good Random Lake. I think she'd be very interesting to talk to and a great addition to the show. So much of the feedback all of you give is is invaluable to the direction of the Cripes cast. So thank you very much. All right, time now to keep her moving. Here is my conversation with Andrea Belke. Okay, well, uh, we're recording now. Uh, <laughs> midway through and not even midway through we've been talking for an hour we must have been talking for an hour so sometimes this is actually a great lesson this is a great lesson to everybody out there sometimes you uh you get to a point in your life you know where you're like i'm never gonna make that mistake again and then you forget to hit record (laughs) on your podcast uh deal so how does this feel um how does this feel being part of an interview where uh a lot of it's going to be really weird to hear. How's that feel? Because I think we're going to start the interview with this apology. Yeah. So, and by the way, I should start by apologizing. I apologize to you and the audience if this interview is going to sound really far away. Because <laughs> luckily, though, we did have a backup recording. It does feel weird that we were holding these microphones for, for a long time. For a long time. My arm is getting tired. Yeah. Yeah. Is it- my forearms are really strong now, but I was yeah. just doing it for fun, I guess. Yeah, I it was kind of fun. We did have a really good conversation. I felt like we had a great conversation. There were a lot of twists and turns. A lot of twists and turns. You were a little turns. defensive. I was pretty defensive. Yeah, you were... Um, you guys are going to love this interview because uh, I was uh, put on my back heels, I guess. I, I, it was turned on me. I started off the interviewer, and I soon, soon turned into the interviewee. And uh, it got deep. And then it, I realized. It, it, I, I think it got deep. It got a little deep. You stopped it from getting too deep. Yeah, I, well, see, here's what happens. You know, if you want to, it's a whole boiling a frog thing. You know, you start off like doing these little insert questions. I was like, okay, all right. You know, and then you made a joke about it or whatever. Or I made a joke early on. So there was I've, some. I've never heard that. A boiling a frog? Oh, yeah, yeah. If you boil a frog, you just let the the turn the heat up slowly, you know, and they're like, because oh. they're you've never boiled a frog, <laughs> you know, so the frogs are cool. They're chilling in there. They're not going to jump out of the pot okay. uh, before it's too late. You know, it's kind of like us in climate change these days. You know, we're we're uh, the boiling frogs. Uh, anyway, uh, long story short, uh, you <laughs> boiled the frog. You got me talking about some stuff and I cut it off because I saw your trick in progress. Mm-hmm. So uh, what else can they look forward to in this interview? 
Uh, are we starting over? Or is it? Oh, you mean the interview we just did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I'm going to transition to that one. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, Don't you think that works? Right? I think so. Yeah. That's so probably this the best. is. We'll this make is, it kind of funny right now so people are like, oh, this is going to be a good joke. You this know? is good audio. Sabrina, we can hear you. Okay. <laughs> So this is this is. Do you really... want to explain who that is? Oh yeah, beginners. Nice. Uh, you you sounded so forceful in that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it sounded so rude. It could like, only okay, be. Sorry. That was my sister Sabrina, <laughs> who's also my assistant, or she says boss. Oh boss, yep, yeah. Yeah. Which okay. You'll find out in the interview. Yeah, yeah. Which... So this is great audio that you're listening to right now, yeah, and fantastic. it might be transitioning into some not so great audio. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is not my fault. But. This is 100% my fault. Thanks for bringing that up. Jeez. All right. Enjoy the interview. This is the Cripes cast. Have fun. How does it feel being on the opposite side of the interview uh, situation? Oh, I don't like it. You don't? I'm not a fan of being interviewed. That's why I'll probably switch it on you many times cool. during this whole podcast. It's good. I don't like interviewing. So oh, this, you don't? Yeah. Actually, well, why don't you just interview me for this whole thing? Okay, I will. Fantastic. So yes. I'm going to start with this. Yeah. When I got here today, yes. there was no contact information. I showed up with my sister who's helping me out and yeah. mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do because I rang on the doorbell. Right. No one showed up. Mm-hmm. So then I just, you know, pushed the door open a little bit, mm-hmm. opened right up, yep. walked up the stairs. There was yes. another door wide open. So then I walked into the house mm-hmm. and I was thinking, is this Charlie Burton's house? Yeah. And I saw a little bobblehead of you so i knew i was in the right place accurate we got it got and it. i could hear you talking downstairs mm-hmm. and then i thought what am i doing i just walked into his house yeah so then i walked back out and eventually you came out but you don't lock your doors wow so that's a really i would say rude way to start a conversation uh wait on my end on your end <laughs> not not that not, i mean telling everybody that i don't lock my doors i didn't say uh, i didn't tell you your address okay Okay, I feel like there's some triangulation that could happen. I do lock the doors, and there's a ring light, okay? So, which you're on. Doesn't work. Uh, uh, no, so here's what happened. Uh, Max, my producer, uh, walked downstairs and left, and he didn't lock the door. So, not my fault. Uh, secondly, who just walks into somebody's uh, open door? It's you know, Wisconsin. I guess that's true. And also, how vain is it for somebody to have a bobblehead of themselves? <laughs> no, that giveaway the right there. And it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> we get it, guy. Yeah. It is a Wisconsin thing, though. We, I grew up never locking anything, not locking our cars. And then when I moved to New York, that was something I had to get into in, my system. In because, it, no, it is really important to lock your doors. Okay, so I, I get that. It is very important to lock your doors. But I'm thinking, you know, if a door is open, why not walk through it? That's a life motto, Yes, right? that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, any doors that are open, open for you, and you walk through them. And then are, you, are you upset about it? No. Okay. Are you like serious? No, for comedic purposes, I'm upset. I'm hoping this will be a funny little bit for the okay, thing we yeah, can yeah, cut yeah. to a highlight. You know, it's like, oh, it's funny. It looks yeah, like this will yeah, be a fun yeah. interview. And then people will listen to the whole podcast mm-hmm. and uh, and then listen to the ad reads, mm-hmm. you know? And then um, it was really a financial decision for me at the end of the day to like double down on the story. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. Good. Now we got that. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's. Oh wait, I'm still waiting. Am I still being interviewed, or was that the? Because that wasn't real. That was actually a long lead up to a question. Is that you, one of your tactics when you're interviewing celebrities? Yeah, well, I really got you to open up there. You did get you me to open your up. friend under the bus. Yeah, mm-hmm. through my friend under the bus, and uh, additionally, you got me on my toes. You know, I'm feeling a little self conscious about my answer now. So now I'm on my toes. Now you can get me with the real question. Well. I do want to talk about where you are right now in your life Mm. because you've done so much and you Mm -hmm. were in LA for a bit. Mm -hmm. So right now you're back in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. You recently moved here. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give your address out. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious, like, what does your life look like right now? Well, right now I am actually um, hosting this show called The Cripes Cast, where it would be insanely rude if I actually allowed my talented guest here to interview me on the thing. So what I'm going to do is take that and I see that and I'm feeling that and I'm going to then reverse it on you. So you've done so many things, right? You've done uh, Survivor, you've done People, you've done a bunch of posting stuff, you've interviewed hundreds of celebrities and this and that. 
Where are you now with all that? What What is your passion right now, given uh, everything that you've done? All right, my passion right now, I guess it's just figuring out the next steps. I'm currently in Milwaukee. I think I have to go back to New York. And I'm juggling a lot of different jobs right now. And I'm just kind of keep removing, as you say. Wow, and you actually juggle too. So great practice for that, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm excited to learn how I do after this podcast. So. Uh, now, did you move back to Milwaukee because of the pandemic and everything like that? Yes, kind of. Okay. So the story was we were told we were going to be working from home for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And everyone believed that at the I time. That yeah. was back in March yeah. of 2020. Yeah. I actually went through a really bad breakup. Oh, I'm and sorry. I was struggling and I okay. was crying and it just happened. So I FaceTimed my parents. And they said, well, why don't you come back to Wisconsin since you're going to be working from home for two weeks? So I bought a flight. I'm very dramatic. If I go through a breakup, very dramatic. I bought a flight that second, wow. came back. The day I got back, yeah. it was lockdown. So the timing worked out really great, and then I've been here ever since. And how have you liked that transition? I mean, New York, I've spent a lot of time in New York. It's uh, Obviously, when you go there, you're doing your thing, you're like chasing your dreams and everything, and then they kind of come back to Wisconsin where you're like kind of relieved, or were you like, I'm, I'm not ready to come back? It was a lot of adjusting, but overall, I was so happy to be close to my family during all of the craziness, going through the breakup. I was here with my sisters. We got to spend more time together. And then being back in Wisconsin, you just have so much more space. You get yes. to see the clouds, the yeah. sunsets. Yeah, yeah. I had an amazing summer. We live on a farm, so. Yeah, we've got a lot of space. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. so, a lot of riding horses, a okay. lot of doing stuff outside. So it actually was such a blessing for me, despite all the horrible stuff going on. And it's nice that, you know, you were coming back to Wisconsin in March, you know, not like uh, February 1st or uh, January 1st or whatever. So you had the spring right around the corner. Mm -hmm. So it was only like six more weeks of snow when you came back. You yes. know? And uh, But then you had the summer, obviously, and that was great. And that, now are you in a place where you're like, I want to go back and, and get cracking? Or could you see yourself like making sort of the Midwest a place where being in the entertainment business is viable? Well, now that people are doing stuff just online, I feel like it's more possible to do stuff from the Midwest. Before, I don't think a lot of people were doing anything from the Midwest. I mean, you can make videos like you do, but not working for the companies I work for, like People Magazine and Good Morning America. Yep. Now things are more on video, so I think that I want to try to split my time, be half in Wisconsin, half in New York. I'm not sure if I can exactly make that work, but that's kind of the, the plan. Yeah. Because it's so hard, and I'm sure you know, leaving Wisconsin fully behind, especially when your family's here. Yeah. yeah. I imagine you had a hard time with that. No, it was pretty easy for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, Mom. <laughs> Uh, I, well, I was 22 when I first left, and uh, I think you're in a sort of a place if I want to get out and, and and explore and do all that sort of stuff and you're anxious to do that and then I think at some point and maybe this is the case for you you feel like um I kind of have been a lot of places and I really just enjoy it here you know um except when it's February yeah so, yeah how long were you in LA uh, what are you doing now well, what, what, what you because doing? people want to hear about your story and how it relates Jeez, to my story is, no you are you're off the clock right now okay uh, uh, well, what, what was your question? How long were you in LA? Do you like how I made a big thing about that and then made you repeat the question? I'm still not going to answer directly. It's like the easiest question ever. I went there twice. I was there initially uh, when I got out of school. I lived in Michigan, then LA for like a year and a half. And then I went to a few different states and then back to LA for like three years. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that's when the man's men thing came back. It went good. And then I came back here when I was like, oh, cool. I can do what I love, not in this place where I'm sitting in traffic all the time. Um, mm -hmm. So that was great for me, but um, what, what, let's get back to your story. When, so you, when does it begin for you? When, like, did you grow up always knowing you wanted to do this kind of thing, or? Not really. I mean, I was always very outgoing and extroverted and loved theater, but I didn't know that I was going to pursue it until I did a couple musicals in high school. And I, I was going to say, random like high school. <laughs> Who were you? What plays? Winifred in Once Upon a wow. Mattress. Wow. <laughs> um, I'm talking with royalty here. This is... <laughs> What else? Uh, what else was I in? 42nd Street. I think uh -huh. I was chorus for that. Okay. And what was the other one that... Oh, uh, no, wait, 42nd Street. I was the girl that sang... I forgot the character's name. Like, 
it's inappropriate. I can't, uh, this and that, you mm -hmm. know, like this and that. And she's saying, you're a singer too. Oh, are you a singer? No, no. I mean, you're a singer in addition to everything else you do. Oh, okay. I can sing. Mm -hmm. I'm not a singer. <laughs> so, so you kind of got the, the acting bug a little bit? Yes. So then I went to school for theater in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Oh, the pointers. Yeah. Yeah. And then while I was in school, I didn't make it into this play I really wanted to what get play? into. What play? Well, let's get I don't, I don't know. I blocked it out from my memory. Okay. I don't remember the name Repressed of the play. It. Okay. Yeah. I repressed a lot. Yeah. And <laughs> That's just got more interesting. We'll get into that later in the uh, show. Ladies and then, and because I didn't get into this play, mm -hmm. my mom suggested I try out for Survivor, mm -hmm. which I didn't see the correlation there. I'm, How old were you at this point? At uh, 20. You were 20. So you didn't yeah. get into the play in college. You were broken up about it, and she said, try for Survivor. And I read your Wikipedia because I'm a journalist, you know, I do all the tough homework. Your mom and dad are big fan. We're big fans of Survivor yes, as well. Yes, they both tried out for Survivor but didn't get on. Ooh. So then my mom. <laughs> Look at you. She's like she. She was totally stage mom, totally trying to live out her dream through her daughter, mm -hmm. and it worked. Yeah, and then I made a video and really leaned into the farm girl aspects. Oh, good. You got to find your niche. Yeah. And you were very much thinking like a producer on that. My mom was. My mom was the one that suggested I be in my bikini in the snow. <laughs> my mom was just selling me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We got, your and mom's like Joe Jackson over here. I mean, this is. Also, if you, like, if you meet my mom, she is just the most conservative, loveliest, modest woman. Yeah. She's like, get that bikini on. We're going in the That's snow. That's hilarious. She's like, one of you is going to be on Survivor. I lost my <laughs> shot, but you won't lose it for this family. Yeah. So I did this little bit, which is so cringe now, but the whole thing where you're not looking and then you go, oh, I didn't see you there. Oh, yeah. So cold in Wisconsin. Survivor, get me out of here. Something stupid ah, like that. Fine. Nice then bit. the next clip was me on a horse. Mm -hmm. And then I think I did Still this. Still bikini on the horse? No, or? I think I put some yeah, jacket something. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then I slid off the horse. Uh-huh. And then slide off the butt. Maybe did a little somersault. Yeah, sure. The next, the next one, next clip was me catching a pig. Okay. And catching then, pig. Yeah. 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 And then the last one was me just next to a deer head and then yeah. petting the deer as I talked about my strategy and why I would win Survivor. That's really great. I actually kind of want to go back and watch this. Is it still online somewhere? It was never online because that was before we ever submitted anything online. We what actually sent in a physical tape. So you don't have it. You don't we have do copy? have a copy, right. but Let's I get the copy have never showed that copy. Well, and I... what better time to show it than right now on the Cripes cast? So you'll send us this tape. We're going to clip it in right here. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. And it's going to be our most viewed Krebs cast video. On if I can find it, which I know, I know it's somewhere. Whoa. Oh, sorry. That sounded like a jackhammer. It was really loud. It was loud, wasn't mm -hmm. it? They had mouthworks around here. <laughs> it, your farm's in West Bend? Near that. Near West okay. Bend. Like. Oh, oh, so, okay. So yeah. that is the farm, obviously. Uh, you know, what makes a good interviewer is the ability to listen, okay? And uh, so I am not a good interviewer. It's okay, I'm just judging you really hard. I know, now. I know. This, you know what? This gives me anxiety, interviewing somebody who's interviewed a lot of people, because I know you know when I'm full of it, when mm -hmm. I don't have a question and I'm thinking of a question. <laughs> and there's usually a pause like that. And then... Uh, a lot of lead up words and you kind of use your hands yeah. a little bit. Well, we were talking about getting on Survivor. No, I remember what we okay. were talking about. Jeez, <laughs> no confidence in this that this is going to go good. Okay, I get it. I swear. So you're on Survivor. So are you, are you going to get this us this tape? Or yes. My my sister, who's acting as my assistant today. She's in the next room. Yes. She... Did you hear she called you her assistant? How do you feel about that? Boss. Ooh, she says she's actually your boss. She actually is because we have a a company we do weddings. We do film weddings, and she actually is my boss. So my boss will get that for you. Yeah. Okay. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, that's that. So that's a whole other level to this. So just give people sort of a basis of what you're doing right now today just kind of all your general irons in the fire because i have a follow-up question on that okay well i'm working for people magazine mm -hmm. i've been working for them for seven years mm -hmm. and then i also do spots on good morning america i do stuff on the morning blend mm -hmm. right here in milwaukee yeah, I know that and show. i have a show at the design network called unlocked where we tour celebrity homes 
And then I'm actually, I have my first shoot with Discover Wisconsin in a couple weeks. That's awesome. So kind of doing a lot and trying to, you know how it is. You have to yeah. keep the momentum because right now I'm working a lot, but I know that in six months I could have no jobs. Okay, so, so that's, that's where I was going with this. Like you have so many different irons in the fire. Are you just kind of like taking it while it's there and then giving yourself some runway of something goes away for a little bit? Or? Yes. I mean, I'm very fortunate that my job at People has continued, but I'm still only doing six month contracts. Mm. And as a host, you're very replaceable. I know. You really are. Especially That's why... if you're bad, but you're good. <laughs> and so you're probably going to be fine. There's so many hosts just like me. And that's and I have confidence in my hosting, but mm. it really is a hard industry. You have it so well, and you're so brilliant because you created your own brand, and you can just dictate how much content you do. But for me, I'm working for different companies, so if they one day decide to replace me, then I have to pivot. I also am obsessed with working, so mm. I just say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I'm so busy, and then I have all this anxiety. How am I going to finish all this? Yeah. But if I'm not working, then I'm like really sad. So I'd rather just be really stressed uh -huh. and be really busy. Well, let's let's kind of get into that, but I want to go back to Survivor for a little bit because uh, that that's sort of your first foray into this. You're 20 years old, you get on Survivor, you do that. And how was that experience, first of all? It was the best and worst experience wrapped into one, and I okay. got to do it three times. Okay. It's truly so difficult on you physically, mentally. You get so sick. It's very real. The number one question everyone always asks me is, is Survivor real? Or they take you to hotels afterwards. They aren't. You're living out there. If you don't make the fire or boil the water, then you won't get to eat the little bit of rice that you're eating. You're sleeping on bamboo. You get all these bug bites that get infected. You're in so much pain. But at the same time, you're competing for a million dollars and you feel on top of the world. Do the producers sleep outside and everything like that too? No, they go back to some resort. Okay. What's crazy is your, your, uh, what am I, why am I forgetting the word for senses? Like your, all your like sight, smell, like your smell is so heightened. Mm. So when they come back after hanging out at this resort, you can smell the food on their breath and you're starving, but you can smell that your producer just ate peanut butter. <laughs> wow. That is, so that happens when you kind yes. of starve yourself for a while, you can start to smell peanut butter on, yeah. on some big old producer's breath. Yes. Huh? That's scary. Mm -hmm. uh, is this, was it, do, do you feel like when you came back uh, the first time, were you, were you anxious to go back again or was it like kind of terrifying to go back again? Yeah, once you play, you're just addicted to it because oh. it's so surreal. A lot of people back home, they can't relate to what you just went through right. and you just want to get back out there. You're also so hard on yourself because most people don't win Survivor and you're just like, oh, if I only played my idol, if I only didn't trust that one person, I know I can go back and I can win this time. Yeah. And you're like me and you're a three times Survivor loser, you're still <laughs> going to play again. Yeah. That, are you going to play again? I, I probably would. I mean. There's no downside really, besides right. obviously going through turmoil physically and mentally, yeah. but the chance of winning a million dollars and then you get to meet all these people from around the country and it's just an incredible experience. Now, is that the kind of thing where that do you, is there any money in it unless you get the million dollars? So if you get paid for being on the show? It, yes, it goes a million and then the second place gets a hundred thousand and then it goes down from there. So there is incentive. So and even if you're the worst, you still walk away. If you're the worst, you get twelve thousand. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Shoot. But you have to stay there the whole time because oh. if you come back early, then everyone's gonna know you're voted out early. So I the people it. that are voted out early before you get to the merge, they go on a paid-for CBS trip. So when we were in Fiji, those people went to Australia and spent time there. Oh, so yeah, I mean, that's not bad. Cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good. That's work. a strategy. I, that is just, that's a life strategy right there, you know. Uh, so did you? Where did you go on some of those trips? The first one I played in Nicaragua, mm -hmm. and then the Philippines, and then Fiji. Okay. But I was really lucky. I made it very far each time, so I yeah. never went on the pre-jury trip. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So you have you do this, and then you're kind of taking your sort of your fandom, your your or your your uh, what do you call it? Your uh, clout? What's the word for this? Your so your social what you. Whatever, yeah. you parlay this into another job, right? You you take the hype that you have around this and then 
uh, you go into hosting from that? Is that how that works? It definitely helps. Mm -hmm. I started out more acting and then I kind of found that because I did Survivor, people saw me more as a personality and less mm -hmm. of an actress. I kept getting really close to getting a bigger role in legitimate TV shows, but then I feel like I was always passed up for probably a number of reasons. You know how it is. It's, oh, yeah. It was so hard to get roles. But I always feel like people saw me as Andrew from Survivor, mm -hmm. which helps more with hosting and not so much as acting. It's just a bit distracting. Yeah. Well, when it comes to acting, what kind of acting were you? Or was it was it TV? Was it? It was TV, and I was going in for when I first moved out to New York. I was going in for Gossip Girl. Mm -hmm. when it was, then SVU, all of those shows. But I also realized at one point that I'm a better host than an actress. Mm -hmm. I, there was just, after getting into hosting, I realized, oh, I'm confident with this. I feel like I'm good at this. Whereas acting, I would always leave an audition or leave a job, and I'd wonder, was that even good? Yeah. Like, I have no idea. Like, was I even believable? I don't even know if I believed myself. Right. But hosting, I know that I can bring, I can bring the best of my ability, and then it's just up to the person who's choosing who's gonna get the role. How much did you audition when you were acting? First of all, you didn't do any uh, theater, any Broadway, or anything in New York. No, I did a couple different TV shows. So I had like a small part on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and then Blue Bloods. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was auditioning quite a bit. I mean, you have to audition a ton of times before you ever book anything. Did you do commercial auditioning too? Yes, um, but when I was first in New York, I was just trying to get any job I could. Craigslist? So, yes! That's what I did too, yeah. I found, okay, I worked a bunch of Craigslist jobs. There was one job I worked where it was a commercial, uh -huh. showed up in some weird warehouse somewhere, mm -hmm. and did the job, it was very bizarre, got the check, the check bounced. Shocker! Shocker. What kind of what kind of thing was it you were doing in this weird warehouse? It was some testimonial I was reading, yeah. some commercial. Cool. I so was what taking, did you do? Um, I mean, at that point, like, it was for like a hundred bucks. I know. Yeah, and a copy of the reel. Like, yeah. that's my favorite. When they're like, uh, so it's a five-day shoot, uh, you'll get a credit on IMDb, uh, we got the pro account, and also, you know, we'll put your name at the end of yeah. this movie that'll come out in a year, maybe. Was there, yeah, what was the weirdest job that you ever did from Craigslist? Ooh. Uh, I did... <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> um, no, I did. So I was in South Carolina at this point in my uh, career. I was doing like a YouTube news thing and it had just kind of gone under. I still had my job. I was getting paid half of what I was initially getting paid. And I was in South Carolina. So I was doing this. Uh, kind of, okay, this is going to be really weird. I don't even know if it's, well, I'm already there. Uh, I was doing this underwear modeling kind of for these, uh, these retirees doing stencil drawings. <laughs> So I was walking out, I was sitting in my underwear on this, uh, what do you call that, body um, uh, art where they just draw the human form. So I did that a few times for 25 bucks, not, uh, not afraid to admit that. Um, actually, I am afraid to admit that. Colleen, maybe we should cut this part out of the podcast. Thank you. Uh, no, I did a lot of weird stuff, a lot of films. Um, you know, what's the weirdest thing you did? Was that the weirdest thing? Um, the weirdest thing, I was a magician's assistant for a traveling Ooh. children's Christmas show. This conversation <laughs> just took a whole new, because I got a magician thing I want to bring up and ask you after this. So. And, yeah, it was, so I was traveling from Wisconsin to New York in yeah. this RV Perfect. with this man who was going through a divorce. So it was tense. He was going through? Yeah, so I was always hearing these phone calls. Like he was having a hard time at home. I was traveling with him. I was in charge of taking care of the birds. Oh my and gosh. <laughs> Did she want half the birds? <laughs> I don't know. Those could be expensive. Yeah. Birds. And so it was, a, it was a tense time for him. I was with him basically like sleeping in this RV, very weird. We traveled across the country and then we were, we ended up in New York, but it was a Christmas show. So I was a, I was an elf. And so my job was to help him in an elf suit. And the most stressful time was when I had to do a quick change from the elf suit to the reindeer suit. And then I'd be in the reindeer suit dancing and doing all these moves to kids. I mean, it was- and you still had your elf ears on and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so bizarre. How old were you at this point? I think I was 25. You're 25 years old, <laughs> going around the country in some strange man's RV, feeding his birds. Look, times were getting bleak. You know, honestly, <laughs> that sounds like the setup for a Hallmark 
video, a Hallmark movie. It's, and then you go to New York and you meet some prince, you know, mm -hmm. who's, you know, brought his, his single father, wife, widow, something like that, you know, and then you have Christmas with the new family, I guess. You know? I mean, it's crazy, though, because on, on Instagram and on social media, everything looks like things have gone really well for me. But there were gaps of times between oh, yeah. Survivor where it was not good. I mean, I was walking dogs. Also, mm -hmm. this is like nothing against anyone that does those jobs. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just saying for me, like what I wanted to do, I was just trying to take anything I could and I was walking dogs in Astoria, Queens for not a lot of money. Yeah. I, mean, I was probably spending more money getting coffee along the way than actually what I was making with the jobs. That, so. that happens. You don't often know. I, I, I was, uh, I, I got a lot of those. Like, I think I was working for, uh, hundred dollars a day initially when I first moved to LA and mm -hmm. I was driving a minivan so I think I spent more in gas than I did yeah. you know made it's kind of funny how that works though but it's like something to keep you going and it it's like oil I, I don't know it keeps everything flowing and you build off that I well guess. because it also with the entertainment industry there's always some little beam of light or hope that keeps you there. So yeah. there were so many times, I was in New York for 10 years, and I've been working consistently now for the last six, seven. Mm -hmm. So things are going well now, but there was just times where I wanted to come back to Wisconsin, maybe just work on the farm, right. take a break, but then I would get that call back, or I'd get that small part, or I'd get a new agent, and then it just keeps you there. Yeah. yeah. And so, so I was doing these random jobs like the magician's assistant, but meanwhile I had a call back for Law & Order SVU. Yeah. So I was just trying to do it all at once yeah and are these um when you do these weird jobs do you think uh okay this is kind of bizarre uh maybe it's not uh the perfect thing but maybe i'm getting like backstory or something i can use creatively down the road did you ever think about it like that yes i mean it was very funny i think at the time i was probably embarrassed about some of the jobs now that i look back i I'm proud of myself. I was like, that was actually kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I was posting those those Christmas shows on Instagram because it would be like a fun thing that I was doing and people would probably get a kick out of it. Oh, I didn't know you were a magician's assistant, yeah. Andrea, but at the time you think it's something, oh, I'm, I'm struggling. I don't want people to know that I'm having a hard time booking roles. But now I'm like, man, I didn't take any videos. What was I thinking? That was kind of a blast in retrospect. Well, I think that's a good point because I had the same thing like early on in my career. I was sort of self-conscious about not being far enough along in my career and therefore I wasn't, um, you know, I didn't embrace it as much as maybe I could have. But I think for a lot of people coming up now, they may have that, especially with social media being so prominent and trying to make your life look better than it is or whatever. And, but I, I think there's just, there's no shame at all in doing whatever gigs you gotta do. I mean, you're out there finding like your path and that that's so much of the fun of it. And when I look back, um, it's not like the high times, but it's kind of the low times where you're like kind of sleeping in your van a little bit and you're like, oh, this is, this is really for you, like sleeping in an RV, you look back, wait, I mean, you're bringing up on this podcast, so you think very fondly about it. Mm -hmm. So I think what I'm trying to say is just like enjoy those lows uh, to people listening. Would you agree with that? Uh, it seems I completely agree. Some of those times were the best times. Mm -hmm. You just don't realize it at the moment. Um, and some of the beauty is in the struggle and then having those stories and thinking, what am I doing? But just know that, I don't know, I think a lot of the fun is in the journey and it's not really always about the destination. Aw, uh, geez Louise, folks, excuse the interruption, but I want to tell you about Jolly Good Soda. Yes, they're the title sponsor for this podcast, but they're also my favorite fuel for brandy old-fashioned floaters, okay? I mean, that... That jolly good sour power, it just, mwah, it's so good. You toss that right on top of the brandy and the bitters and the cherries muddled and the orange muddled and whatnot, and holy smokes, it's heaven in a glass. Have yourself some. Real good. Also, folks, I want to shout out another great Wisconsin company, Duluth Trading Company. And I'll tell you this, they got that double flex denim. Yes, some of it has a hammer loop in it. I actually have some cargo shorts I was wearing with a hammer loop. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Boy, didn't the hammer loop and shorts go out of style a while ago or something? Well, it should have never gone out of style because I had a hammer in that loop. Yeah, you bet your tush I did, okay? And when I bent down to change the thing on my boat, uh, they flexed real good because they got that double flex denim 
going on. And it's just, it helps you, you, you squat a bit and not tear your stuff, you know, your denim or whatnot. So it's real good stuff. They uh, got relaxed fit, slim fit, the whole deal. Uh, and yeah, it's just fantastic, uh, fantastic wear. Okay. And I will also say this, I'm wearing their swimming suit right now. So Duluth's got nice swimming suits too. So there you go. Solid review from a guy wearing the stuff, you know, and yeah, they're a sponsor, but I wouldn't say if it wasn't comfortable stuff. Okie dogs, finally, if you want to get any Midwest merch, head on over to manduakman.com. We've got watch out for deer shirts, ope shirts, keeper moving shirts. We've got cribbage boards. We've got Grandpa Bob's tackle box. Head on over there. Everything is made in the USA, printed in Wisconsin. You can go to manduakman.com or cripescast.com. Scoop up your merch real quick once. Okie dogs, now back to the podcast. What I also think was important is learning that you can always pivot and it's okay. There's no shame in not, it's not even giving up on a goal, but just changing what you want. Because there was a time when I came back to Wisconsin at the start of the pandemic, I thought I was losing my job at people. And because I did lose my daily, the daily show I was working on ended. So for a while I thought I wasn't going to be working in entertainment at all. That was before all these other jobs came through. So I didn't know what to do. So I started taking pictures and video with my sister and working with her. And we've been having a blast filming weddings. I kind of realized, oh, I could have a life doing something else and still be happy. And also no one cares. I was so worried about people finding out I was losing my job. And I thought that everyone was going to be talking about me and saying, oh, Andrea, fallen from grace. Now what you doing? Nothing. The thing is, no one cares. Everyone is focused on themselves. I know. Everyone's exactly that. Oh my gosh. Those are so, so true words. You think people care about how much you're doing and they truly don't. Damn. A lot of times you do things or you post something thinking about like some person from your past, like uh, either a bully in grade school or like that, that person who's mean to you in high school or whatever. And you're thinking, oh, they'll see this and they'll think I'm they don't even follow you you know no. <laughs> it's like and even if they did who cares but yeah it's that's such a hard thing to get across uh I think a younger person's mind you know and I mean like early 20s like when some of your friends have real good jobs everyone's posting their best life or whatever and then I think that's why a lot of people take the safe route very early on and correct me if you think I'm wrong here but they take the safe route early on and then maybe give up on their dreams too early because they're not like matching up to what everybody else is doing on social media. Do you think that, or am I just projecting like my own uh, stuff onto this? Um, I mean, maybe. I guess I'm someone that didn't give up on my dreams because I fully have been chasing them since I graduated and mm, since yeah. I survived out in New York, so I'm not sure. No, but, but I mean, um, uh, you definitely have it, but I, I just think that might be a tendency of some people to do to sort of give up early because of the perception of like, oh, I'm not successful at this thing. Yes, and I think people have these time limits. If I'm not doing this by this time, right. then I feel I should just give up. But I remember when I first moved to New York, I said to myself, all right, if I'm not, <laughs> this is embarrassing, if I'm not a lead on a TV show in six months, <laughs> then I'm going to give it up. Your face. Yeah, I know. I was like, she's <laughs> Talk about that delusional. Is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't think I got, I didn't get a TV role until four years later, and that was a couple lines. And when you finally, like, like was this the time where you're, like, looking for those breadcrumbs yes. along the way to kind of keep you going? Yes. So that's the thing, though, is I think you can't compare yourself to somebody else because you're always going to be comparing yourself to the person with all the success because you're seeing them. And I think we always have to try to get away from social media a little bit, too, when you're feeling that way because I fall into that trap all the time. Even now, I'm working on all these jobs, but I'll see a host doing a job that I want. I'm like, oh, how do I get that? What's my agent even doing these days? <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do it too with like looking at someone else's numbers. I'm like, why, why didn't my video do that one? Oh, know. so you have... So I I will get hung up on the actual job yeah. and the status of the job, yeah. but you are looking at numbers. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and, and but it's like everybody's looking at something weird, you know, either it's likes or it's um, or it's numbers or it's how much money someone's making. We all do that, that comparative thinking thing. And it's really a disaster because 
Do you have people that you compare yourself to? Like, do you have, you don't have to say who they are, but do you have like a Rolodex of people you like see like, okay, how am I doing compared to these people? Yes. I'm definitely not, I'm not someone that gets jealous. Mm. I mean, I'm very much like I support everybody and I, I am happy when other hosts that I know are getting great jobs yeah. as long as I'm still working. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> if not, yeah. <laughs> them (laughs) no I am very I mean I I love when I see really nice kind people succeed so I am happy for them there's just a part of me when I see different people working for I were doing like a really awesome show on ET Mm. where I'm like oh that's something I would be really good I would love doing that Mm -hmm. but like I don't have that but then you also have to realize that the younger version of me would look at what I'm doing right now and be just couldn't believe that I was doing that. Yeah, it's so, important. How do you keep that perspective then? Uh, I think I just complain about it and then other people <laughs> remind me. Yeah. That's why you, that's why you keep your family close. So uh, yes. they'll call you out real quick. Yes. Um, what would be like the entertainment hosting business is, um, it's changing, it's uh, been changing for years, but the old staples like E! News and all that sort of stuff, I mean, that is that back on? It went on for a while, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, E canceled a bunch of shows. I think they're all, there is the prestige of an E and ET and Access Hollywood, but hosting's definitely changing. I mean, people are doing a lot of hosting and that type of work just on their own on Instagram. I mean, I know a lot of hosts that are just creating their own shows, creating their own podcasts, their own video series, which I think is a beautiful thing if you have that drive. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what you do. You're creating content all the time. Mm I don't know if I have the energy to be doing that. Well, I also have full-time jobs right yeah, now, yeah, yeah. but that's really impressive to me that uh-huh. you wake up and you come up with this content all the time. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's better than others. Also, not a good entertainment news host. Kind of the worst Wait, entertainment news host. Why? Because I didn't care enough about some of the things that I had to care enough about. You know what? Like having to keep up with... Um, with uh, celebrities and stuff, or if you go to a red carpet and uh, they expect you to know people, I have bad facial recognition. Do you have that too? Face or face aphasia is what it's okay. called. Facial aphasia. Yeah, yeah I, I got that. What it's called. Yeah. Where like you can't recognize faces. I'm actually kind of the same way. Oh. And that's a problem. Total problem. Yeah. It's really bad. It's but so, someone, how do you deal with it? Well, it all depends. Carpets are so nerve wracking. Luckily, on some of the carpets I work on, usually you have someone saying. Hey, this is so and so. So you know, I'm really good at cramming for. You have somebody who says that. Uh, depends on who I'm working for, but for people, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. It depends on it depends on who I'm working for and the environment. But I will have sometimes someone saying, but I always try to tell them, hey, just tell me, give me a heads up just in case. Yeah. Because the worst thing ever would be if you're live and you mistake somebody for something else. Wow. So I, I I was never doing. I, they didn't let me do the live stuff. So you're already uh, 20 weeks uh, beyond me because I've said people's names wrong. Well, what you do is if you don't know their name and you're not sure who they are, don't guess. Right. Because that would be absolutely terrible. So you just say, oh, nice to see you. You look wonderful. How are you feeling tonight? You just go into it. You don't say, we are here with. You just go into it. Hey, nice to see you. Last time Mm -hmm. I saw you, we were in studio. And you just ask the first question and you just try to get information. I've done so many interviews where I don't know who I'm talking to. And then they'll drop a little breadcrumb about what show they're on and then it'll click. Yeah. I think, oh my gosh, they're that person. Yeah. But that's happened so many times. But the whole, the whole point is you have to just make it seem like you know them. Yeah, I know. And I got, um, I, I think that that <laughs> we did this thing at Sundance, like a junket where we had just a bunch of people all day long. And so there was a lot of like, I had these like three questions. So how do you feel about this project? <laughs> and then, <laughs> that was my lead in every single time. I didn't know the person, which was most of the people. You know, um, so what, what do you, do you like, uh, sort of living and breathing entertainment news and uh, do you enjoy that? uh, Well, that's, what's interesting. So when you said that you don't care enough, sometimes I, as my, are people at my job listening to this? (laughs) If so, turn it off. (laughs) No, I mean, I, I do, I'm into it now. Yeah. But before I got this job at People, I didn't really pay attention to pop culture really mm-hmm. at all. That was when I was interested in hosting, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was even doing some sports stuff. I don't know anything about sports. I mean, I, I play sports, but I don't know. I can't name. Yeah, right. I can't name three players on 
the Packers. <laughs> and that's the end of this episode of the Cripes Cast. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> Jolly good. Random like Wisconsin. <laughs> Not the first person. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I, I happened to get the job and then I started doing all the research and it's been seven years of cramming all this information. And now I've actually found that I enjoy it. But like you said, sometimes you're interviewing somebody, you're talking about some pop culture thing you don't care about. I always treat it as, okay, you're not going to care about everything, but get through it because then you'll get the gems. Right. Like I loved that I got to interview Shaq, for example, mm-hmm. and he told me he wants to come to the farm and ride horses. Is he going to do it? Do you I have mean, a horse big enough? <laughs> He used to have horses. Did he? He told me, which doesn't really make sense. He told me he had a horse, but he had to get rid of it because the horse was too big. Weird. Too big for Shaq? Weird, weird right? I, I think, yeah. yeah. Kind of, um, the, the story was suspects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got some questions. i got some follow-ups Yeah, here. he wants to come to Wisconsin. So. That would, that'd be great. And then Henry Winkler, because we were in the pandemic, uh, from, you know, the Fonz, my dad was home and he got to actually meet Henry Winkler and those two got to talk on Zoom and then... He sent my dad all these autographs, pictures. My dad sent him maple syrup that we make on our farm. Oh, that's so, so I've cool. had all these incredible experiences with celebrities. And then, of course, hosting at the Emmys, interviewing Brad Pitt, Tom Hanks, J-Lo. That stuff is all worth it and so fun. Yeah. You just have to get through the stuff you don't care about. Yeah. When you talk to these uh, people, do you try and... I always thought it was hard to like get them talk about something real on a red carpet was that the scenario where you were interviewing them or did you have more time did they give you more respect because you were a, you know good at your job and a brand people understood and they gave you more time or was it so hard to get real answers on a carpet like the emmys they, yeah. they will be very nice and give you what you want because mm-hmm. it's a whole production all eyes on them yeah. they're all they're excited for the night but at certain carpets for premieres yeah, and yeah. have you done those oh yeah yeah those are rough those because are rough. even though i work for a brand like people yeah they don't always care no. so they'll stop at e and then et and then access hollywood for mm-hmm. example and then maybe i'm fourth and sometimes they'll just walk right by mm-hmm. or you have to try to chase them down mm-hmm. and i've had people i'm not going to name them but just not they know what they're doing all they have to do is stop and say one soundbite, and you would it would make your day. Mm-hmm. You can bring something back to your boss. You got someone to say a little soundbite, but I've had people just say, "Oh, can't answer that," and keep walking. Yeah, that's it. who's the worst person you've ever interviewed. Uh, I'll tell you mine if you tell okay. me yours. Tell me yours. No, you tell me yours. No, you tell me yours. Worst person, I would say Chevy Chase. He he comes over because I think he. Like, we were way on the end. So people and Access Hollywood, all those, like, up here, uh, for everybody else listening, where I was was, like, 25 people down the carpet. So nobody's really stopping there, unless you can say something quick to make them laugh or whatever. Uh, But Chevy Chase came over. I asked him something, and then he, like, he made fun of me. What did he say? I forget. I should find that tape. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he... Oh, I asked him a question, and he didn't like it. He thought it was a... Uh, Christmas vacation question and he was like talking about oh, how that's an original question. I was like, you're an asshole. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I you throw under the bus. Well, okay. I can give you, so the carpet I'm talking about where they just walked by and were just not nice and they couldn't give me a soundbite. It was a big bummer because I was so excited to interview Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I had one question. I don't even remember the, what the question was. I know it wasn't difficult or right. anything too prying. Yeah. And I asked them, and she said, oh, can't tell you, and kept walking. Who, who's she? Charlie's. Oh, yeah? And, and Seth didn't say anything? He was just there. He just was... Just there. Yeah. Just didn't... They were not nice. Was it a movie it question or a relationship question? It could have been slightly relationship. Yeah. <laughs> see? See? That, that so might it's, be... it's hard, though, as... My, for my job, people... People Magazine is really interested in relationships and different celebrity stuff. It, maybe it wasn't the best question if I got one question. I think I was asking, like, worst date or something. Oh, well, then uh, that's general, right? Yeah. yeah. But she could have said something, and she, she, I don't know, I feel like they know that if they say can't say, then you have nothing to go with. If she would have said, well, I I don't date anymore, I hate guys, it'd be like, ooh, a headline. Uh, <laughs> like, she just say. didn't say anything. 
That's fine. So is that like the phrase that they say when they don't want you to get something is can't say? The first time I ever experienced oh, that. Because I don't know why you would stop for me and then not even answer a question or play along with it or anything. So, yeah, I, on the reverse end, I'll play devil's advocate as myself kind of in your position. Selena Gomez was at this red carpet in Dallas and uh, I was, I had a producer who was like, you have to ask about this tweet that she just did about the Justin Bieber thing. Or I don't know, they were in a relationship at that point or whatever. And I was like, that's a stupid question, I don't want to answer that. Or I don't want to ask that. But I did the questions that I did want to ask and then as my last question, I asked about that to like try and please the bosses. And she uh, she was like, come on, you really, we're gonna go there. She like flipped and I was like, you know, you're right, I'm really sorry. Did yeah. you say that? Yeah. That's great. Because I, I didn't want to ask it. I think she knew I didn't want to ask it because uh, I had one of the people whispering in my ear like during my last question, I was like, so you tweeted uh, this today <laughs> and um, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't feel good at all uh, about that. And I, th I think that made me dislike the part. It was part of what made me dislike doing that kind of It's the worst part of the job. Yeah. And right now, the show that I host, it's weekly, and we are asking. It's a very fun, lighthearted show, so mm -hmm. we're not asking any of those questions. Thank goodness, because that was my that was the hardest part for me is asking the questions that the producers want you to ask, and the producers are just doing their job for the brand because they need to make a headline. But then you're the one that's there with the person and building yeah. this rapport, and then you ask them something that is just so sometimes gross what? and just. I mean, I, the worst interview I've done it's on YouTube somewhere. It haunts me, but it was with the Fab Five from Queer Eye. Yeah, and it was the the most recent group sure, yeah. and they came in it was their first season aired and i mean they're all you know came in looking wonderful they're all so outgoing and all the questions i was supposed to ask which none of them were mine um it was all the producers and they were all about their famous friends and all and i had a co-host but all the questions about their friends landed on me so i said so the first one was oh i saw you were just with Gigi Hadid and Zayn, uh, you know, you think you're going to design their wedding dress? I mean, something I did not want to ask, but yeah. just had to try to make it work. And they answered that one. The next question I have to ask was about Ariana. Then there was one more. And in my mind, I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. But I also didn't want my boss to get upset with me. So I asked it. And this was live. Jonathan Vanas said, can you stop asking us about your favorite? Let me do it again. Can you stop asking us about our famous friends? And it was so hard. It was just a tough. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, I, but my my response is kind of what you did to Selena. Now, if I ever ask something that's uncomfortable, and someone says I don't want to answer that, I'll say, you know what? I don't want to ask it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because they know a lot of celebrities know that these aren't even your questions. Right. But that is the hardest part. Well, it is hard. I'm just making sure this story going. Can you talk about it? Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. That is hard because then you're kind of like, they know everybody's got a job. It's kind of like paparazzi to a certain degree when it comes to those personal questions because it's like, I know you don't want to be out here in the sun right now doing doing that uh, like I feel like that's a Bible as celebrities get paparazzi when they're getting a picture taken uh, and you kind of you also want to respect the fact that they're trying to work you know uh, it's just it's also like when you're in these scenarios where they want those personal questions it's it's can you push back on because that's sort of what a lot of entertainment news is built off of and it's kind of the chicken and the egg thing like do people want that uh, probably because everybody wants that sort of like weird uh, look into somebody else's personal relationship but if it weren't the norm you know would it be questions that we still have to continue asking well these stories i'm talking about were from years ago so since then i've actually learned wait i can stick up for myself and say hey i think that's a little uncomfortable can i word it this way mm. or if i can find a natural way to bring it up sometimes you ask questions about these celebrities relationships they're dying to tell you about it. Huh. They, they love talking about it, some do. Yeah. So you just have to figure out if that's the kind of person. I mean, I haven't run into a ton of issues. The ones that I told now were like, you know, two or three from seven years worth of doing this. Sure. But it's always those ones that stick with you. Like and you'll it, never forget Selena Gomez saying. No, it's <laughs> embarrassing. Uh, it was really embarrassing. I have a lot of embarrassing moments in, in this business. Do you, do you have uh, sources uh, that, like, when you read People Magazine, they're like, sources say. 
Tell us. Are those bullshit? <laughs> I I don't personally have sources, but okay. But do some people there you think have sources? Yeah, they have. It, the sources are always probably it's probably the person's team. Oh, okay. Like, like they're, they're say, it's their publicist or something. It's their publicist. <laughs> Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, why can't they just, oh, I guess because that would give it all away. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Of course, Jeremy, that's the answer. Yeah. So it's usually the publicist. Okay. Good yeah. to know. Is there ever a time where you think, not people, but a different tabloid perhaps, do you think they're making up sources? Yes. Are you sure? All this time. Well, first of all, there's certain magazines that still exist. I don't, Star, what are those other ones? Yeah, well, okay, so where those did they rate? G- give us the ones, because in my mind, my untrained mind, okay. I group a lot of things together that don't belong together. So in terms of the entertainment news thing, what are the ones everybody should just disregard? And what are the ones people should listen to? Well, I don't, even, I don't even, I'm not even sure of all the, the bad ones, but whatever you see, at the airport that's saying, you know, J-Lo and Ben, you know, jumped off a cliff. Like, there's all these things oh, yeah. that are well, so outlandish. Well, right, Th- those yeah. ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. So those, those, but I guess when it comes to, are there any that are somewhat respectable, like TMZ, obviously. Yeah. They seem to be, they seem to really do a lot of journalism for all the crap they do, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if we get, they pay sources and all, they get, it seems like they have a lead on a lot of things. So, where do you rank them? Oh, I would say TMZ usually is pretty accurate, mm-hmm. even though they kind of have gross tactics, I think. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I would say, I think People Magazine is pretty legit. Mm-hmm. Is that well, yeah, No, obviously. Fun? No, I think, yeah, no, I think People, the, the ones I'm talking about are like extra. Where does that fall under? Uh, or okay. Okay, right? that's, I think okay is on the cusp. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the yeah. one where it's like, it's not okay to use this sort. Yeah, no, I think okay is questionable. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm not sure about. Okay, so that's where you kind of draw yeah, it right there. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, because, I mean, what, a lot of, like, the journalistic aspect of this is getting sources and getting confidence in sources. And also, how do you get to be the entertainment news reporter that celebrities want to go to when they have news to break? And and do they still do that? Or do they just break it their own, themselves? Yeah, I mean... That's more the people that are at the brand people that break the stories. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have those types of relationships. I have relationships with celebrities I've interviewed many, many times. Mm-hmm. So they'll see me, see me on a carpet and they'll come to me. That's or nice. they'll request that I interview them. So that feels good. But I don't really, I'm not, you know, I don't have someone ringing up my phone saying, hey, I want to tell you about an engagement. <laughs> yeah. So what would be your ideal uh, situation when... Would, would it be in entertainment news? Would there be like, are you at your dream job right now? Do you have uh, one in mind that you would like to get to? I mean, my dream job, I suppose, would be just the most cliche dream job of any host would be a travel show or doing something where I get to travel. Mm. And maybe with my sister slash boss filming it. <laughs> She's sleeping. She's not listening. But I, I think that I like the variety that I have. and. I also, I've shifted my perspective a lot after being back in Wisconsin, where I realized that, also cliche, but family makes me happy. Mm -hmm. Being grounded and home makes me happy. And career doesn't necessarily make me happy. It makes me excited, Mm -hmm. keeps me going. It gives me that quick burst. Mm -hmm. It's like a drug almost, you know, it's like caffeine. It like gets me going. But overall, I don't think that's where I find my happiness. So I've kind of like let the career just settle a little bit. I'm still chasing it, but I just want to make sure I'm taking care of myself first. Oh, that's great. I think that's great advice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Do you feel that way? No, I have a terrible relationship with work. Uh, I'm a workaholic and uh, I'm working on that. No, I'm going for all the dopamine of the, uh, of the videos and everything. I'll get there one day. Um, I No, I, I do agree with you though that it's been so nice being back in Wisconsin and just uh, having family around and everything and, and trying to find that balance in life is definitely good. Thing. You feel better when you mm-hmm. do it. It gives you more perspective. It, it makes you more inspired, you know, just working all the time. It's hard to find something that you want to create then. I did see a funny video online though, someone parodying the, the cliche wedding uh, uh, video thing, which was very funny. I like, that's one of those things where I had that idea and I wrote it down, it's in my sketch thing. 
And then I saw that, I was like, no, I so wanted to do this. It would yeah. be so funny, you know? But uh, anyway, good for them. Uh, <laughs> that's what makes me jealous. It's when I had an idea and someone else uh, did it, you know? Mm -hmm. I think, I, I always pay attention to like, what makes me uh, envy something, what makes, uh, do, you, do you have that too? Do you, when you're saying like, you look at the, the people who you kind of compare yourself to, are they sort of uh, like right at your caliber or are they like up above? They're like right in my caliber. Okay. Yeah, it's, so I'm so I'm capable of doing those jobs. Yeah, yeah, that's right, why I right. think because someone that's way ahead, you're like, ah, I'll never get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, super ahead. Not... Crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's so funny, and I I feel like that's sort of a universal thing for everybody when uh, there's something you're like, I know I can do that, but somebody already did it. I think that's where the and maybe what I'm saying isn't profound. It just maybe seems profound in my brain right now. No, so. I think it's very profound. Oh, thank you. Jeez, thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that was really uh, skillful of you. to. Uh, I think that might be the most personal I've gotten on this podcast. I'm definitely going to cut it out. So thank you. No, don't. Oh, I think so. Yeah. You didn't even really say that much. I know, you, but it you already... You said that I you already... might want kids someday. That oh, is that what I said? I feel like people is putting words in my <laughs> mouth right now, okay? Why don't you start that by saying, Sources say. Do you have trouble opening up? Oh, jeez. Are we doing this right now? Are you kidding me? You can take your sister home. Oh my god. Um, do I have trouble opening up? Um, I uh, have emotions that I um, have stored deep down, deep down, and then all of the other emotions that new emotions I just store them deep down there. And then uh, into this big like bowling ball, you know, and I it just there are moments throughout my week where I just blow up uh, and, and see, you know, what person's day I can ruin with this bowling ball of emotions if I don't go bowling. So okay. bowling is therapy. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you also make people's days better. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Because I will say it's yeah. funny. I posted, I was supposed to interview 50 Cent today, but he canceled. Oh, jeez. Uh, excuse me. There is two quarters for that name you just dropped. Oh, my God. No, what, I was, what, what, how does How does 50 Cent cancel I don't on know. you? I mean, he canceled, his whole, he canceled his whole press day. Sometimes there's oh, no excuse. I got but it. it was just, it was an interesting day because I had 50 Cent and then I was coming here. Yeah. Hey, why is that interesting? We're same caliber, you know? <laughs> no, it was just, you know. same vibe. Maybe, Right? <laughs> Same vibes. Um, um, but it was, no, but I was really excited about both. So I put it on my Facebook of just telling people like what I'm up to because yeah. I had the morning blend and then I had that. And I in the same paragraph of 50 Cent, I had you, mm -hmm. and all the comments were about Charlie Barron. Oh, jeez, Louise, that's so kind. Louise. They're not about uh, the latest 50 Cent. They love you. You have people. this great Wisconsin fan base, which I know that you know that. Oh, no, that's <laughs> very kind of you, though. I do like a little. Uh, ego boost mid-interview for you, you know, and uh, mid-interview. I feel like we've been talking for what time, three hours. How many times? Have, oh, jeez. Uh, what time is it, by the way? Or how many? How long have we gone in this? Oh no. What? Did this stop? Oh no. Oh my gosh. No way. Yeah, it stopped at some point. Oh. <laughs> That's hilarious. Looks like we're using that audio right there. Oh my gosh, that is ridiculous. Wow. Okay, and uh, now we're t now we're talking normal because that was the point in the interview where I realized I never hit record on my Zoom, and well, that you never actually hit it. I don't know. Okay. I I said that I did hit record, yeah. But upon uh, looking back at that tape, yeah, I can't find the thing the time where I actually pressed that. Okay. I looked for that. So, yeah. Do you feel worse about the time you spent here today? No. But, but mm. now you owe me something. So now yeah. I'm going to yeah. use you okay, for I content. Jeez. Okay. I do owe you something. Now you're yeah. going to have to juggle with me. I'm excited to do the juggle. Nope. If you're excited, yeah. then we're not doing it. You have to do something that you're not excited about. Okay. I don't want to juggle at all. I, hang on. Hang on. Before we go, I just want I want to clarify one thing because I said I did and I forgot to. The bird thing. I did a show once in Vegas. Uh, like, and there was a magician there and I was watching backstage as he like made the bird pass out with something. Oh, like he wrapped the 
bird's nose with like a rag of something and it passed out and you put it in his coat is that something magicians do uh my magician didn't do that okay yeah well i guess you were doing kids stuff so yeah people were really expecting the surprise aha aspect mm-hmm. so okay i'm glad i clarified that i'm glad i'm glad i used the good audio to get such a compelling part of this interview yeah Jeez. that was <laughs> Final question. Thanks for amusing me. And actually, that's is this the th- worst podcast you've ever done? No, I've done worse podcasts. <laughs> Give me a break. This one's actually not bad, you know. Although what will be bad is like if that car was running out there during uh, this thing, because then they're going to get all car running on oh. all over our stuff. It's going to be amazing, actually. I think people really like this. Interview. Sometimes people like to hear bad quality because then they feel like they're down an alley and then they're listening from afar. It's just a different experience than yeah. the nice quality in your ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, well but now they're listening to the good quality. Now they're listening to the good okay. quality. Okay. Yeah, so- yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what's this fun? is layered. This is a the, the, very this is like complex experience that you're witnessing right now. It is, yeah, it is. You know, and and this is actually a really good indicator of like, I think burnout is a real thing, <laughs> and and if you push yourself too hard for too long, you're gonna do something like not hit record on your Zoom recorder during a, a an interview. You know, this is what happened. Max left today, and I my life fell apart ever since. So mm-hmm. I'm like. I'm nothing without the people who help me be something. It actually does show that people that are great at tech and audio, they are, we need them. We We do need them. Yeah. 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 Because without them, uh, we'd all be watching videos on like camcorder audio. This is home video audio that they listen to most of this. Uh, Thank you if you made it this far. Yes, thank you. This was very, very cool of you. Last question. What's your advice? What's your advice? No one wants my advice. No one wants your advice. (laughs) And that's it for this week's episode of the Cripes Cast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Are we going to juggle now? Yeah, let's juggle. Okay, let's juggle. (laughs) And that's it for this week's episode of the Cripes Cast. Huge thanks to... (laughs) You know, of all the ways to end a podcast, folks, let this be a message to you. This is the PSA portion of the podcast. Always push the record button. Okie dokes. All right. Sounds simple until you forget to do it. Anyway, big thanks to Andrea for coming on the Cripes cast. I had a blast with her. Make sure you follow her on Instagram. That's at Andrea Belke. B-O-E-H-L-K-E is how you spell Belke. Follow her. Great stuff there. And also, you can follow the Cripes cast at Cripes cast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Okie dogs, I'm going to go. Everyone, keep her moving. And while you keep her moving, watch out for deer. Bye-bye.